The views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. I often say to people, you know, find something that you're really open to doing day in and day out and then you'll be good at it you know you won't you won't register your success to like a comparison of someone else's variation of what you're doing so if it's if it's painting for me i paint what i paint and i draw what i draw and i practice a lot and i work really hard to get better technically but i i do have some really abstract and emotional pieces that will always do significant more for me and for I feel like for my viewers too than than you know a perfect portrait or a representation of a photograph mm-hmm. when you when you paint personally how often do you go to a canvas with a particular end point in mind and how often would you say you just step up to a canvas open like in in a more open-ended kind of sense i'd say it's 50 50 i really do have more ideas in my head that i can get out in a lifetime probably that's (laughs) i've accepted that i think that i'm always kind of catching up to old ideas as an artist i have paintings from 2018 that i still haven't finished i have paintings from 2016 and 17 that i still haven't finished and it's always a little stressful but when i go into a painting I never, there's never, unless it's a commission and it's a, it's a photo portrait. And, and again, I would say even there's always going to be room for kind of movement and, and um, sort of an open end up to like how it will actually turn out. I'd say that always there's just kind of a guessing game of sorts. I have a joke with my customers and with my students that paintings or, or art, any kind of art really is like um, unless it's super planned and you're very technically uh, educated and like practiced and disciplined and you know that whatever you're going to make is going to come out cookie cutter perfect to the T of what you're and I'd say you find that more in like advertising and, mar- and the merchandise and marketing fields but in and just kind of fine art and you know expressive art I say that like painting or drawings any form of that is like a child and I say this as a joke to like express the idea that you can make the baby you can have the child right you can start the painting but and you know you can guide it you can add and manipulate and do all these things that are kind of taking you to the direction you're planning on going but more times than not things are going to happen that you didn't plan for and you're going to wind up kind of incorporating those new uh, ideas and new directions into the painting and then by the end of it even though you you've led the child and you've given it what it needed to grow it's going to be its own thing no matter what no matter what you do right that's how i feel i like that analogy and maybe it's just because i'm a new parent and i'm already starting to see like yeah you know i i might have had this concept of what my future children will look like before i actually had kids and now you know it's like i'm trying to i'm trying to do my best and guide him as best as i can but i'm seeing you know he is very much already even at a very young age he is very much his own person yeah it's just and that's 
and I think that like will also kind of is what makes the paintings and and the artworks happen that way so like you know as much as I try to to incorporate one message or, or to kind of lean towards one style or or um, you know redefine my work I'm there's always an underlying me like and you know my essence and my personality is always going to come through even if I try to mask it even if I try to do something that's out of my comfort zone it's always going to kind of subliminally project itself into the work how do you think that kind of thing comes across like especially if you were talking to maybe somebody who's not used to viewing art regularly like painting and drawings in particular how do you feel as the artist in that scenario that that emotion and that personal aspect comes across I have like a divided opinion on that subject because I do sit in on a lot of art history and art interpretation courses and I sometimes ask myself if elements and themes found in works are actually uh, present or if the artist was really just kind of doing their thing and this is now hundreds or fifty years later we're just saying that like oh there was a lot of emotional meaning and but on the other end of that spectrum I'll say that rarely do I ever make art that isn't emotional and that isn't uh, guided by my emotions and it might not be a sad painting you know but it like for the artist, it's probably a little more profound and personal than than other people who view it. I think that's what's so beautiful about art is that it's it's open to interpretation. So for for what might be a really like quick, fun, carefree painting for the artist, you might look at it and have a really emotional experience because something in in that piece moves you and I might stand right next to you and look at the same piece and it's almost um, you and your sister back at the museum right where you're both kind of like looking at these pieces and one has one way of viewing it and the other has the other way of viewing it so I find that the biggest obstacle in kind of talking about art is the uh, fear of being wrong we have this really exclusive industry of like who says art is good and who isn't like these buyers and sellers of artwork and these really fine art galleries in in big cities and the language that kind of accompanies good art and I think it's all a bunch of uh, BS. I think that any piece of art in front of the right person can um trigger a really or like stimulate a really emotional intellectual response as you said that i just kind of it kind of clicked for me that like when i was when i was at the museum and i was asking you know what makes a piece of art art i guess in that instance for me i didn't have necessarily a connection to that particular piece that i was looking at but that's not to say that it's not art because somebody else could have walked by that same painting and felt incredibly moved by it. Um, it's just, you know, I guess in that sense, it, it seems to be a very fluid, you know, anybody, like you said, if you put it in front of the right person, it, it, has, it takes on an entirely different meaning into them. It evokes, you know, it, it draws out some kind of reaction. And that's really 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's that's all it really takes is to evoke some kind of reaction from somebody. Yeah, I've I've had pieces that are nothing like anything I would paint or draw, and they don't necessarily register to me as. Um, you know, really talented, like skill, like, and again, we go back to that idea of technical strength and skillful strength in paintings and drawings. Right. So uh, I looked at pieces that are really just kind of assemblage pieces, putting things together. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just that, that simple arrangements of like a cabinet door and a few flowers kind of, uh, stapled to the door and then maybe like one other element that triggers something for me and I'll stand there and really have a moment with the piece and I think that when you ask like what makes a piece emotional and and how do you make emotional artwork I think that Again, it's just a guessing game, in my opinion. You never know. You never know how... I feel like it's like talking to any particular person or a stranger on the street. You have no idea how somebody's going to react to anything that you say, even if you have a certain intention behind it. It's like kind of... Yeah, I like that. I always kind of circle back to this, too, when I say that uh, creating art is like having a conversation with someone that you haven't met yet, because when I um, have art shows and, and show my workplaces, I always have uh, experiences where I catch one particular individual like really kind of um, settling into one of my pieces mm-hmm. and it's always interesting to see which piece they they flock to and I'll, I'll ask the person you know um, and sometimes it's really funny when you're at an art show there's no sticker or like badge or photo that, that says like I'm the artist so I've had many uh, experience where I would stand next to someone looking at my own work and almost hear what they have to say as a fly on the wall because they did not know I was the artist. Right. That's got to be a really interesting experience having somebody looking at, you know, basically a room full of people judging your artwork, not knowing that it's yours. Yeah, it can. I mean, it can be like sooner or later they figure it out, but it can be interesting and it goes both ways. They either sit next to you and have great things to say or they're just really kind of uh, blunt and just like, eh. You know, like, so they'll just say something in passing. And that's, you have to be prepared for that if you're going to showcase anything that you've, uh, ex- you know, anything expressive because, you know, not everyone, your work is not going to appeal to all of the masses. Right. So, like, have you, in, in that type of a scenario, like, let's say, you, you know, your art is being displayed at a gallery and you're the fly on the wall, you're in the room and you're hearing what people are saying. Has there ever been an instance for you where, like, somebody will be commenting on a piece of yours and they point something out that you hadn't even thought of as, you know, the creator of the piece and, you know, where it actually kind of uh, made you see your own work in a different way? All the time, always, all the time. And that kind of feeds, that kind of feeds my philosophy on the whole um, art interpretation uh, being a singular kind of individualized thing rather than a broad publicly known thing because as an artist, people can take my work apart and be like, oh, this means this and this means that. And it's, frankly, I might not have approached it that way. Like, that might not be the real reason I put those things in there. But it's always interesting to to have these different routes 
um, kind of expressed to me from people saying, oh, you know, I never noticed um, that, like, this in your painting is, like, really symbolic of so-and-so. I had a guy uh, break down one of my drawings recently in a way that I didn't even think of, mm-hmm. and it almost made more sense than the real reason I drew it, which was just because I thought it looked cool. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I that's where I stand on the whole art interpretation thing. Like, do do they have meaning? More times than not, a piece is going to be emotional, and and there's a lot of you going into it. But sometimes it really is just in the eye of the beholder. Do you ever find yourself wanting to defend a certain piece? Like if somebody interprets it differently than you meant it, and specifically if it was a piece that meant a lot to you, um, you know, do you ever find that if somebody isn't seeing that meaning that you had intended, that you want to kind of go in and say like, hey, you know, I, I made this and this is actually where this came from? Um, I mean, it's in the same way that I can't, uh, you know, tell somebody what anything means to them. You know, I, I really don't find myself in the business of, of arguing with people or trying to, like, bold, stately, like, give them my interpretation. I, I definitely love sharing it, mm-hmm. but I've had people say things that are a little far-fetched from what I was actually going for, or maybe even contradictory to the true message of the piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always uh, in the market to respect that. I just, I think you kind of sign up for it as an artist. If you're going to, like I said, if you're going to put something out, um, you have to be open to everyone's interpretations of it, you know, like what it will mean for them. And I don't think I've ever had any truly negative experiences in that sense. So maybe that's me kind of prematurely stating this, but I don't think I would ever be truly damaged or insulted by someone having a different, like a a really strong opposing opinion or interpretation of my work. Cause that's essentially why I make it just, just put it out there and to kind of showcase that's me expressing myself. And if, if it does that for that person, then why the hell not? And I don't think, and maybe I wasn't fully, <clears throat> I didn't mean when I said defend, I, d- I didn't mean it necessarily as a negative interaction. More so the way I was thinking of it was there's something that means a lot to me. I really want for people to understand that. Maybe this would have been a better way to ask it. Do you ever feel so strongly about the feeling behind something that you created that you want for it to be shared, even if people interpret it differently, like that you also want them to know what your thought process was or your creative process was yeah i i do i i do feel that i may lose them and on the verbal uh trail like i've i've had really emotional pieces and really meaningful pieces that i've often would love to like be questioned about and and to explain how i felt about it why it was what what it really meant to me and like the message I was trying to put across but I think in in the last couple of years I've found that I almost do the um, the peace injustice if I over explain it if that makes sense that definitely makes sense I know we've been talking a lot about painting and, and art and drawings and things like that but 
I don't want to lose sight of the fact that earlier on we did mention that you know this idea of creativity is far more than what you would see painted on a canvas or drawn on a piece of paper. Um, so taking the step back and asking someone to think of creativity not through the lens of art but maybe something more in their everyday life that has nothing to do with painting or drawing what are some ways that people in your mind could be more creative or that they might be even doing already that they they wouldn't necessarily have thought of being creative so one of my most um successful topics and explaining this to people is always going to be the um the potential creativity behind planning and organizing and i say this because if if you are somebody who really wants to kind of free up some like some headspace and kind of decompress during busy weeks and you really are kind of overwhelmed with how to spend your free time and I do find that people are always uh, wanting to be more creative and wanting to do meaningful activities that make them feel good but they just don't know where to start and because of that they often wind up not doing anything mm-hmm. um, I always say start with a really proximal task of like planning and not over planning to the point where again you're going to fill your schedule with things that um you're probably never going to get the chance to do but planning on a level of kind of just like visually organizing what your plans are and kind of mapping out your time on a graphic level so that you can actually find openings and windows um, to, to be realistic with yourself and say well you know what I have this window to do this and this window to, to do that and um, that's always a big one and then organizing too I find that no matter what you intend to do as far as being creative if if you're not organized it makes actually being creative and you know having activities that are going to help you express yourself harder and the um best example i give is like a dish a sink full of dishes okay so uh, I think like every college student or uh, probably every kid and probably now more like adults even know how the sink full of dishes work. And it's that um, one dish, not a big deal. Two dishes, I'm in a rush. Three dishes, okay. And then by the time you come home and let's say you have like an hour or two to kill before bed every night like on that final night you come home and your sink is filled to the brim and now you really have to kind of like set a whole chunk of time aside to get back down to the empty sink and I think that um what this does is it limits your time for actually being creative in the space so let that be kind of a analogy for any sort of buildup of you know mess of tasks even like tasks can build up and that's why i think planning and organizing they kind of are um almost synonymous the two of them like planning is just kind of organizing your time and then organizing is the physical act of organizing your space i say that you know you can't be in your living room and 
run a quick yoga session or, or, you know, stretch your body and be like physically creative or even, you know, roll out a piece of paper if you want to jump back to those original ideas of creativity and roll out a piece of paper or grab some paints and do something that's actually going to give you some release if your time is already borrowed because of a mess that, that you know you need to get to. And it's almost back to that idea of self-worth and, and self-discipline versus like guilt. If, if I'm watching TV or, or reading a book or something that I'm enjoying and there is, you know, a pile full of clothes or a sink full of dishes, it's a little harder for me to enjoy those things because I, I feel, again, that I'm on borrowed time that like I really should be doing this, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. It's, it's funny you bring up the, the sink full of dishes. Um, I am notorious for not always washing my dishes when I'm making them dirty. So like, you know, I'll, like you said, I'll, I'll have one dish and I'll be like, it's not a big deal, but then I'll leave it. And I don't do it maliciously. Like I'm not, it's not like I'm leaving the dish behind saying, Oh, well somebody else will just take care of this. Um, but then I do get to that point where, you know, I have to wash everything in the sink. Um, for me, I feel that, even in those small instances where I could just wash the one dish, um, often I don't do it because there's something else that I already am wanting to go do. But I can see what you're saying about like the block of time at the end. You know, yeah, I might have put off washing that dish and I might have gotten the chance to do whatever I did in those the next two, three minutes it would have taken me to wash whatever was in the sink. Um, but now I'm taking a bigger chunk of time to wash the entire sink's worth of dishes. I relate to the sink full of dishes idea and like the concept. And I guess, I know you said sometimes it's, it's harder to enjoy an activity if you know that there's something looming, you know, that you have to do. Um, I also think though that people probably have different thresholds for what bothers them. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Like I would I, say I have a lower one. Of, I have a lower threshold for what irks me, and it's about like three dishes in the sink and like yeah. two two crumbs on the counter. And then, yeah. Like I mean, I know that's uh, just in my own life. I have a pretty high threshold. It, I I don't know if it's that I just ignore it or, or what you know. I don't know what it is that makes me able to ignore it for a longer period of time. But like my wife, it drives her crazy if stuff's left in the sink for an extended period of time and like with that in mind sometimes like you know i'll try to be better about cleaning up my stuff because i know it bothers her but at the same time like if she's gone for a weekend or whatever chances are i'll i'll put it off until the last possible minute like before she comes home because it doesn't bother me yeah as quickly as it'll bother her so the way i see it is um this right here, what we're talking about, just cleaning dishes is like a great example of like how it, how we can break it down and uh, put it back together in a creative way to make the task itself more enjoyable. And I've, I've recently done this. Like I never loved doing dishes and I wouldn't say I still do, but I, I really have found a way, my own way of doing dishes that feels 
kind of expressive to me. And I know that sounds like a little crazy, probably. It's like, how are you expressing yourself doing the dishes? But um, I'm using washing my dishes as a device for, for expressing myself in my space. So, like, a clean kitchen um, is like a gateway to a clean house, I, I'd say, because that's like where you're doing the most, you know? Okay. You're in there cooking and making dishes and, and you're eating and you're making crumbs. And I'd say, like, if you, if you can keep that space clean, because there's a lot going on there, then it's a gateway to keeping the rest of your house uh, clean. And I think that that is like spatial expression. Like when, when you invite someone in your home, I think for anyone, it's kind of like this prideful thing of like, you have this arrangement of, of sentimental things and a traffic pattern and a feng shui and a place for people to sit. But I think if you go, you know, to the very early steps in like creating a space one of the you know most important things is maintaining the space keeping it clean and for that uh, washing the dishes is a great example and it's a universal example that everyone can relate to continue on to hear part three of this episode